Hello and welcome. This is the Bits vs. Byte podcast. I'm your host, Arme Grigic, and today with me is Herman Heinen. He is uh, the founder and owner of Enrise. Welcome, Heine. Hello. <laughs> welcome, Heine. <laughs> welcome, Herman. Herman. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, glad to be here. No problem, no problem. Could you uh, tell me a little bit about your background and also how you got to start Enrise? Well, yes. Um, I was always interested in uh, computers and uh, what you could do to automate things with it and how you could program them. So um, after my uh, uh, high school, I went to college. Uh, I studied computer science. And uh, in the last year, um, you have to do an internship. But uh, instead of uh, internship, we went to the school board and said, okay, can, can we start our own company? Mm. So uh, that's that's what we did. Yeah, and uh, how did they respond to that? Because I, I don't think a lot of them say that. A lot of them will be just going on an internship on a company. Yeah, but especially in that time, it wasn't common. But uh, we had a very, uh, a very good... Uh, uh, yeah, how do you say that, uh, Dean? Yeah, that uh, that was interested and in say, okay, well, uh, if we can manage that you guys learn something, uh, I'm okay with it. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and they were actually very enthusiastic, and they uh, uh, they actually offered us uh, some uh, some office space. Okay. So uh, in the middle of Utrecht, so that was very nice. nice yeah. Uh, nice place to start. So, uh, what was the idea back then? So when you started out, what was the idea for the company itself? Yeah, um, <laughs> I can uh, I can tell uh, all nice stories right now and uh, and pitch it, but uh, I guess yeah. Uh, just do the real one. <laughs> just just uh, I, I guess I was in my mind I was always uh, uh, knew I was uh, I want to run my own company. Yeah. So uh, and uh, I guess in my arrogance I thought uh, I can do things better than others <laughs> right now. So let's do it myself. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how uh, did you have that from early on, like the the idea that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Um, I guess so. Yeah. In, yeah. in hindsight, uh, I guess you can say that that yeah. I was always busy with with my own work. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because you, when you started that, uh, so the internship was for how long? Was it for a year? Or? It was for six months, and yeah. after six months, you have to do your thesis. Okay. So the in that si- in those six months, did you actually like really start the company, or how did that uh, how did it work? Yeah, yeah. With uh, three poker buddies of mine, uh, we <laughs> we started. It uh, it was called Four Works. So uh, with with the four of us. Yeah. At that time, and uh, yeah, we just went. Um, and started the company, and then we, we we sat together and said, okay, and now what? Uh, so we have to find a client. So, yeah. uh, so what was that first client like? I can imagine that that's uh, a little bit like it, it's it's interesting to have that first client that that actually do something for for a client. How yeah. was that for you? Um, yeah, that's that was interesting. My first client was actually a friend of mine who owns a, a computer hardware store and wanted a web shop. Uh. So he was really progressive. Um, so uh, yeah, I guess that was uh, very special that he uh, offered us a uh, first job. Yeah, um, building that web shop, of course, uh, from scratch, uh, not using any systems that were available at the moment. Yeah, uh, and the second client was actually a, a big. Um, Internet firm in Amsterdam that needed extra help on uh, on a project. Yeah, yeah. What was 
so when you when you started that, for example, the web shop and stuff like that, uh, what was the kind of time period? Because a lot of people will say right now, like, okay, uh, if you need a web shop, <clears throat> you would uh, just go to Shopify or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I, I think back then you didn't really have those options, right? No, no, no <laughs> absolutely not. You have to build it from scratch. Yeah. So actually we had a big brainstorm about uh, when ordering, uh, you might want to order multiple products. So how do you do that? And then we came up with an idea called the shopping cart. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not sure if we invented it, but uh, yeah, we, we had to think of something uh, mm. in, in order to make it possible to order multiple uh, items at a time. So yeah. you were really uh, busy with the basics. So yeah. it, And it was only technical. It was nothing to do with marketing or yeah. think, thinking about <laughs> how stuff really works in, in real life. But yeah. Yeah, you nice. just wanted to solve the problem, yeah. right? It's just just looking at okay i need a web shop so uh, it basically i need to have somewhere to store those kind of uh, products i yes. need to have uh yeah shopping cart is really normal right now but yeah, <laughs> yeah back then it uh, was a little bit a little bit different yes so uh when you look at arise right now uh what do you kind of do as a company so what do you try to provide as a service um we deliver professional uh development services for uh companies yeah. so um we do that um, in specific ways. We can do uh, professional means that we really focus on quality and, and process. That yeah. uh, what we want to achieve is high quality end product. So no bullshit, just uh, trying to make the best software. Yeah. Um, we can do that as a project. So we have companies that want something built and they ask us to build it for them. Uh, but also, uh, you see that more lately is that we are working together with the development teams within that company. Yeah. So we either create a new team or we create a new team with developers from uh, from them. And um, yeah. It's a kind of extension then, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. so it's an extension on the team that you maybe already have in the, inside of your company. Yeah. So uh, what would you say the, the, the kind of majority of the clients want? Do they really want to... Uh, rebuild their own system, their old system, or do they have a new thing that they want to build? Uh, what, what's kind of the 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 kind of proportions in that? Um, I guess uh, a lot of companies want to uh, to be able to deliver the digital service that we are getting used to. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, uh, the the main question uh, those companies get is why can't I do, <laughs> do this, this. <laughs> on your website or uh, why and uh, th so that's functional on the other hand uh, non-functional you see a lot of requests from either uh, performance or uh, volume scaling um, security yeah so yeah. Uh, I want to enhance there yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can imagine that a lot of uh, a lot of companies, especially in the kind of middle segment, uh, have a problem with that, right? Yeah, yeah. You see, you see. We all get used to uh, Netflix uh, yeah. stuff like that that works perfectly. Is 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 on all down. the time. Doesn't <laughs> go down. Yeah. And and but but you have to know that those companies have have a lots of of uh, highly skilled developers in house that yeah. that build those products. And uh, there's a huge segment in the market that. Uh, the consumer wants that experience and for them it's really difficult to get that experience or to get it built yeah. and uh, it, it will get very expensive and those companies uh, aren't able to hire 150 MIT students to, yeah. to build their software for them so so yeah there, there will that, that will be a, a gap and I, I'm 
I'm getting, uh, I'm guessing that gap will be bigger yeah. in the future. Yeah, uh, I, I, I oftentimes have to tell that to the team we have as well. <laughs> like, okay, I, I really understand why you want this, and I really understand that. I know that Google does it that way, but yeah. you're not Google, right? I mean, you're, you're. I mean, the team that we have is not even maybe a quarter of the team that a Google team is, right? No. And that's that's something that a lot of people. Uh, forget is that they want to go go like to the end point already but they're, yeah. they're not even starting yet yeah yeah uh, and that, that's that's something that uh, i think a lot of uh, uh organizations especially in the middle segment and I, when i'm talking about middle segment it's like 20 to maybe 50 people or something yeah. like that but i guess even more on top yeah. of that you yeah. know you see also the big companies in holland struggling with with it absolutely yeah, yeah what they're uh, currently doing a lot uh, and if that's good or not that's a, a different thing but they're starting like uh, startups inside of their own company right yeah. just uh, where to try to be inventive yeah. yeah try to try to innovate more with a smaller group of people instead yeah. of a thousand employees do it with maybe 50 to 100 or something Listen. like that just to see if that uh, if that works then the the only tricky part is actually integrating it back into the bigger corporate yes of course yeah you can't run you can't run a thousand systems or a thousand yeah. websites that yeah it just, yeah, just yeah. doesn't make sense yeah and especially when it scales it you need just more people to to get it uh, or not always but you need to you need to have some more people for, for yes, running it. but you see you see there is a follow-up you see a lot of big companies trying to with hackathons and stuff like this trying to get ids inside yeah uh, but um there are a, a, a very little examples of, of those ideas becoming a real thing for that company. Yeah. Uh, and that has multiple reasons, not only technical, it's also culture. Yeah. And trying to uh, yeah, just be afraid of, of what will happen if we go that direction. Yeah. yeah organization is key in that. Uh, I, th I think that uh, you, need to, you need to really... When people say a, lo a lot about like, technical innovations and think that it's all in the technology. No, yes. it's really not. <laughs> no, really not. Te yeah. Technology is not, is, it will never be a problem. No. Everything no. can be solved technically. Yeah, it's, it's an enabler right yes, it, absolutely. It, it enables you to do it but you need to have the right people but also the right kind of uh, organizational structure to do that yes getting back to that that's my fa next question so we we did a good transition there okay yeah <laughs> uh, we we talked earlier uh on the phone and you mentioned that a lot has changed within your organization as well uh, especially in the last few years. Yes. So, uh, could you tell a little bit about more about that? What has changed and uh, how you are organized right now? Yes. Okay. So, the company started growing and growing, and and in um, as we were starting out uh, with a small team, just building software for clients, and you are actually responsible for everything. Uh, you you thought of the, the client, uh, what was his needs, what was his budget. If you if you if you didn't make it on that day, you would call him yourself and say, "Okay, I need more time. Uh, what can we do?" And then uh, when you grow as a company, um, uh, these responsibilities get divided over people and worse uh, uh, departments. So you have a sales department and a project management department and an account management department and a few developers that try to make uh, a product. And um, um, what I was seeing is that if you really want to do a, a, a very good software implementation, you need to have a highly dedicated team. A team with people that are responsible, that are feeling responsible not only for the end product, but also for the process, for the uh, 
to talk to the client, what do you really want, what do you need? So we were thinking of how can we enable that um, responsibility more and more uh, at the developer. So uh, actually our core product is software that is built by developers. So the developer should have the, uh, the most, uh, uh, must be able to make all the decisions. Yeah. yeah. So not, how, not a manager. Yeah. How do you, how did you, how did you do that? Because that's, that's uh, of course a good, good uh, way to look at it. Uh, especially what I see a lot is uh, as companies grow, as you said, those apartments, departments get there. And then it's like islands that don't even talk to yes, each other absolutely. anymore. Uh, so how how did you do that? How did you change that? Yeah, actually, uh, a bit overnight. Uh, uh, it was 2012. Uh, we started out with uh, uh, with autonomous teams. Uh, that's how we started. So um, we had several teams that had their own uh, profit and loss, uh, their own clients, and they were given complete autonomy in how do you want to serve those clients. Think about what's the best way you can serve this client. And just organize it. So, and and um, um, Scrum methodology uh, methodology was uh, uh, was quite hot at that moment, um, and they were adopting Scrum. So in the end, yeah, they became like uh, uh, Scrum teams. Yeah, yeah. So how how did how did those teams look like? Because if they if you say they have their own profit and loss, what what kind of people were in there, for example? Uh, actually, uh, only technical people that's oh, okay. how we started out cool. so uh, um, yeah of course we, we had a lot of, of other uh, uh, specialities in that company but um, uh, I wanted to go back to a, a full technical company yeah. so um, uh, our core product also is is, is software so um, I guess um, everyone in that team uh, had to be had to have a technical background. Yeah, yeah. So how was that for, for example, for uh, when you say the profits are lost, that also means that you need to get profits. That that also means you need to do sales, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, who did the sales back then? So yeah, so we started out with autonomous teams, um, uh, but we had a central um, like management, a central management that also did sales, uh, did administration, etc. Yeah. So actually, that was a good start for the teams to focus on their uh, process and on their quality. Uh, but what we saw is that in the end, uh, there were teams that were looking after themselves and not looking after the company. So you can say, okay, they, they're not doing it right. Uh, you can also say, okay, they probably don't feel responsible. Yeah. So uh, in 2017, we, make the sh we made a shift to... Um, uh, to not only uh, self steering I call it self steering it's not a real term uh, yeah. <laughs> you know in, in uh, the, the best way it's it's like yeah autonomy uh, but that that really doesn't cover uh, everything, cover yeah. everything so uh, we call it self steering so i hope internationally they will uh, adopt this term yeah, it will uh, be good <laughs> but uh, we moved from autonomous team uh, to a self steering company yeah. where uh, there were, is no central management, uh, no central steering whatsoever. So the, the, the team is not only responsible for themselves and for the client, but also for the collective. Oh, okay, okay. So since 2017, Enrise is a is actually a self steering uh, collective with autonomous teams. Yeah, and how uh, how does that work in practice? Because uh, 
who does the sales now then if you don't have that uh, yeah so there, there's one one team that's responsible for new business generation okay yeah so they do marketing uh and uh, uh and provide leads to the teams yeah and uh the teams will follow up a lead yeah uh, together with that team so the, they have commercial backing but uh actually the team is always in control of uh picking up a lead and talking to the customer so oh, cool. you won't talk to sales managers at our company ah that's interesting yeah, so the, the that team uh, that's kind of for the new business is more to get the leads in, yes. and then the follow yeah. up will be through a. So theme. account management is really also a role within the team. It's not ah, a department. Cool. So cool. every team is responsible for their own clients. Yes. Ah, that's interesting because uh, because uh, the I think well. How is that for, for example, for a developer that needs to do that? Because uh, I, I can imagine that uh, sales is a it, it is. A tricky thing to do, right? Yeah. It's not uh, it's not that easy to to do uh, proper sales. Uh, how how is that for for example for a developer that needs to come into that role? You know, everybody has his talents. Yeah. So um, first uh, first thing I like to comment is that um, you don't know which talents people have. Uh, we tend to to put people in in specific areas and yeah. say, okay, sorry, but you have to do this. Um, you would be surprised. Uh, how talented people are uh, if they are uh, feeling responsible for their job. So that's first. But on the other hand, of course, everybody has, has his talents. But that will um, um, that will work out for themselves. You see people step up and say, okay, I like this. Uh, I find it interesting. For example, speaking in public. Uh, you can say as management, uh, we want our developers on stage. And uh, well, they say, well, I, I really don't like that. But uh, I guess at our company, you see people that try it for for uh, maybe uh, for their own colleagues uh, yeah. and they say well i really liked it and they move on and move on and actually became experts in speaking in public yeah that's that's how i started as well okay. <laughs> because I, I was i was also uh i was terrified to to do public speaking yeah. terrified like really terrified if i had yeah. to step up in front of a group and tell something i was like okay you just pick me off the floor i'm not doing that <laughs> uh, but then uh, I noticed that it's uh, one of the it's one of the keys to be also a good leader in the in the end. Uh, where if you don't if you don't know how to convey an idea yep. or actually tell an idea in front of a group and explain how you did it and do a demo and all those kinds of things, yeah. uh, you're not. Uh, it's not that you're not going to make it. It's just, it's just I think one of the essential things. Uh, yes. There was, but also it's it's strange that, uh, how we came here. Yeah. That that we, for example, in Scrum, uh, you have this this demo. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's so strange that in in, in regular companies people produce something and then uh, somebody from it. sales <laughs> or marketing will will show it. Yeah. First, you see the communication problems already arising. So yeah. It's it's really valuable if a developer just stands up and says, "Okay, I've I've built this in this sprint, and uh, the customer is all, all, all uh, also there. Yeah. Um, they they uh, they communicate about the product, uh, think what wh what can we do better. So, what better person uh, uh, could it be than than the guy who built it? Himself? Yeah, so, yeah. Bro. They need uh, a lot of people need to step out of their comfort zone. If you look at that as well, where uh, you need to. Uh, we do regular demos for the company as well, yeah. where we show, okay, this is what we built in the last two weeks, for example. Yeah. Uh, and that you see the kind of engagement that that creates, uh, where people are thinking about, 
okay, so you built this, but what if this and this and this, right? Yeah. Uh, then you actually uh, make them part of the whole process. Yes, and I guess that uh, to, to get as many people involved uh, brings a better decision yeah. because you have more insights, you have more uh, views on the matter. And it's, it's really strange to think that in your own, you can make the best decision. Yeah, yeah it just, needs to be just not true. Yeah, you need to also be strong as a product owner in that sense then as well, where you need, you need to say, okay, yeah, I, I know all this input is valuable, but we can't do everything. Right? No, no, uh, absolutely. But I, I guess also, um, uh, if, 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 uh, if a developer only looks as, uh, uh, from a technical view to a product, yeah. um, he has a different context. He, he, he will find different things more important than, for example, a business owner. So you have to bring those worlds together. Yeah. And for sure, a developer can make real good decisions on what is technically needed or not. Uh, if, if they're only given the technical context, yes, they will go for maximum security, maximum uh, performance, etc. Yeah. But if you give a different context, you can make better decisions. Yeah. So what I wanted to get back to is uh, how... Uh how was the transition like for the people that were working at the time? Because I can imagine that it's a pretty big shift if you go yes. to this kind of model. Absolutely. Yeah, it's for, I guess for, for every developer, it was, um, uh, they, they, will, uh, they were given multiple tasks. So for example, they had to do finance, uh, HR, recruitment, etc. <laughs> so there was a lot of stuff uh, uh, on their plate. And, and in the meantime, had to deliver uh, good products to customers. So yeah, for, for them, it was a very hard time, of course. Uh, yeah. They have to, had to learn a lot. Uh, for the management um, uh, section within the company, it was very difficult because they had to think about, okay, what, what is my value to this company? What yeah. can I bring besides managing people? Yeah. What is my other talent that I can bring to this company? And, and it's uh, also a difficult transition uh, for them. Yeah. And uh, for me, it was also difficult because you have to let go. You have to, uh, <laughs> that's, tr that's tricky. <laughs> yeah, so, so you have a lot of um, control freak tendencies uh, as, a, as a business owner. So yeah. uh, you, you have to see what, what your influence does to people and you have to, to, to react differently in, in, in matters and, and just letting go. Yeah. Accepting that people will make good decisions uh, without you. Uh, so when they when you talk about the developer doing uh, these kind of tasks that not they're not like really development or whatever, uh, how did they learn that? So was that kind of organically, or did they have like courses, or how did you stimulate that? Yeah, on multiple levels, I yeah. guess. First of all, just just by doing it and and allowing people to make mistakes. Yeah. Uh, we don't have to have it perfect at once. It is a process. Right now, we're from 2017 we're working like this and and we're still learning every day so yeah. and that's not strange you know i, I uh, i'm doing this for 20 years right now so <laughs> i've learned a lot and make a lot of mistakes yeah. so so it's strange for me to uh, to say to people that they that they can't make mistakes no, they though um, they will need multiple years to to get experience yeah. so that's and that's not a problem yeah it's it's okay to fail i mean uh, i I've, I've done it as well i mean everybody has done it right uh, if you're if you want to get somewhere it, you're gonna you're gonna eventually come to a point where you fail or, where you like make a mistake or yeah. you do something so, really stupid or yes <laughs> and the stupid things you can do is not learn from your mistakes yeah so. that's that's the real stupid thing yeah. <laughs> where so. you make a mistake and you make the same mistake again that, yes. that doesn't make sense that but, doesn't make sense no. uh but uh, it's it's interesting because uh 
uh, I got asked uh, the last uh, at that conference that I was for for students and stuff like that. There was a student conference that I went to. And they were like, okay, what what what's kind of the most important thing you need to learn, right? I was like, yeah, there there's a lot of things you can learn just by learning. For example, the hard skills, right? Yeah. I mean, uh, if you want to learn the technology or yeah. whatever, just try it and you'll eventually learn it. But the the the, the trickiest things or the things that I thought uh, were most important for them were pu- public speaking because I yeah. really feel that that's a, a big thing. Uh, because it also boosts your confidence, right? Yeah. Uh, it, it boosts your confidence in the sense that you could just talk to people, go up to them, and uh, I, I, for example, at networking events, I was like, I'm not going to talk to anyone. <laughs> I'm just going to stand here in yeah. the corner, yeah. and I'm not going to go up to anyone and uh, spark a conversation, Absolutely. right? And that's that's changed uh, since since I'm doing yeah. the public yeah. speaking. I, I, for the better. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. for the uh, for the better, of course, and. Uh, the and, and the other one was also just ask things, right? Yeah. Uh, just ask if if you don't ask, you're not going to get anything. Uh, and asking with asking, I also mean uh, just walking up to someone and saying, yeah. "Hey, I'm this this person. I'm uh, currently working on this. Maybe yeah. you could help me out or give me an advice on this." Or yeah, this. so help each other. You have trust in each other yeah. and accepting that that yeah. you don't know everything and, yeah. and that that just asking for help is not a shame. It's, yeah, it's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, and I think uh, when we get back to the the teams that you that you have, uh, I think that trust is an essential thing there yes, as well, absolutely. right? Uh, so, do you see that? Also growing as as uh, as you've kind of made this transition to these kind of themes. Yes, yes, absolutely. But uh, it has to grow because I guess trust is the is the, the pillar of everything we do here. Yeah, and uh, it's difficult, you know, because um, when I look at myself, it's uh, I'm I'm not trusting anyone. You know, it's it's so <laughs> it's so in your uh, in, in your uh, in your blood that. Um, if someone has an opinion or or something, you just don't. You first of all don't trust him yeah. and want to challenge him or uh, uh, giving your own opinion. And it's really difficult to just listen to people and really hear what they're saying or what they want, and then yeah. then decide if it's okay. Yeah. And um, that based on trust, if you see something happening, um, don't think the worst. Um, you see that a lot also still within our company. If if something happens within the team, you see other people. Oh yeah, all right, sure, sure they do that, etc. <laughs> not yeah. not talking to that, those people. Okay, why why did it happen? Or can can we help? Or what what happened? Um, what was the reason behind it? Yeah, and, and that's something you have to uh, you you can't you can't manage that into a company. Yeah, it's culture is based is is. It's based on people. Yeah, can build that. So how does because uh, when you think about that, uh, where it's really important, how does that hiring process look like that, that as well? Because say for instance, a team wants to hire someone or needs yeah. someone or whatever. Uh, how does that look right right now? So how who does that? Uh, who uh, kind of also makes the decision to hire someone? The team. Yeah. Yeah. The the team interviews the team. Uh, 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 there's a an, uh, one day with a, uh, with a new guy or a new girl uh, just uh, tagging along, and the teams make the decision on the new teammates. That's cool. Yeah, and that's they cool. decide the salary and uh, yeah everything. Yeah, that that's cool because what I've usually seen in kind of HR processes is that uh, you'll talk to like a CEO or a yes. founder, and uh, also it's very very strange that yeah. we accept this because you know you're in a team. 
then then somebody gets in your team and said okay well hi here's your new team <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so how does the, the, uh, that that new guy or new girl just uh, has uh, are behind two two to zero yeah because yeah. everybody said okay well i'm not gonna help him first let him show if he if he's able to do something or whatever so is he a threat or is he a threat or yeah. what, what is he going to do here etc so and we we really don't need anybody and yeah. stuff like that so that, that that's not gonna fly and but when a team decides okay we really want this this person in our team yeah it's it's uh, extremely valuable yeah the acceptance the acceptance is a lot higher in yeah. that sense uh, yeah it's weird when i think about it it's so weird when uh, i've i've seen it a few times in my career as well where yeah. i just get placed into a team i didn't even talk to anyone in the team i'm like okay this is yeah. this is going to be my team for the next maybe few years yes, or whatever it's yes. very strange yeah i i i hope that uh, that will ch- uh, it's changing a little bit but uh it's not changing drastically like uh, no. like you've done uh, so uh, what's what's your role now then? <laughs> because that's that's what's uh, your role yeah, yeah. I, I had to find out what my talent was so yeah, it took yeah. a few years but uh now you know i'm, I'm an entrepreneur so um I always thought that uh, everybody was thinking like me, uh, mm. but uh, you notice that that's nuts. You know, I get enthusiastic about a lot of things. I'm uh, getting energized by new things, uh, trying to set it up. I'm terrible at uh, uh, continuing things, uh, <laughs> making them better and better. So I'm a terrible manager. Yeah. Uh, so I found out that. So. Um, uh, I guess um, I started a new team within Enrise uh, because, yes, I, I lost my job as, <laughs> as manager. So I started a new team. It's called uh, Ventures. And from Ventures, uh, Team Ventures, I try to make Enrise uh, not only grow, but, but flourish, you know, uh, doing new techniques, um, um, uh, enabling partnerships, uh, looking at uh, the future of Enrise, etc. Yeah. So my, uh, what I... How I started the company as an entrepreneur, I'm I'm now an, an entrepreneur within my own company. So I'm I'm, ne- I'm not becoming an entrepreneur that becomes a manager, yeah, mo- as most people do. But yeah. I'm back at entrepreneuring again. So that really feels very good. Do Do you feel like uh, this is a little bit hard to answer, but I think that you could give an opinion on it. Do you feel like the the kind of entrepre- normal entrepreneurs, if you call it quote unquote normal entrepreneurs, that they go on too long inside of a Absolutely. company, for yeah. example, where they they are like, okay, uh, I built up this company and now I have to manage it as well, and instead of looking critically at themselves. Yes, yeah, absolutely. You see, when you talk to a lot of managers uh, or uh, founders, um, they're unhappy with their company. They're yeah. unhappy with how it goes and. You know, there's a, there's a lot of energy with those people, and they're risk uh, they're they're not risk averse. They they took chances, etc. So there's there's a really value to their talents, but that's only uh, in the in the start of the company. So uh, you came you come at a certain point where you have to decide. Okay, I'm I'm not able to manage this company properly. So you can do two things. You can either hire management, or you can try it differently, like I did. Yeah. Um, by giving uh the, the the autonomy to to the people yeah exactly and within those within those ventures in that ventures team that you have uh for you it gets new energy as well because yeah. maybe you're working Absolutely. on new things that uh, are have to have the, that you have to start start up and yeah. it's kind of like the same thing when you were starting up uh and rise yeah. as well so now i'm i'm 
trying to help new teams or maybe build new teams, or yeah. etc. That's yeah. interesting. I, I I never looked at it that way, but uh, or at least you see that happening, right? I've seen it happen a few times where I'm like, you're actually too you you've been too long in this kind of company as well, yeah. uh, where the company can't even grow anymore because you're still yeah. in that kind of mindset of uh, yeah. kind of startup. Yeah, founder. you're completely in your own bubble. Yeah, I and. Uh, you're you don't have the kind of self-reflection to look at no. it and say uh oh yeah this actually isn't working with me uh, at the hell but i need someone else yeah so so we took you somewhere your talents took you somewhere exactly. and then you have to think about okay i, I will i will i get further yeah yeah uh, so uh i want to talk a little bit about uh some something that uh i'm currently involved in as well myself so it's interesting to me uh, but i think to a lot of people so when you have like for example legacy software or software that you already created somewhere uh what are you what do you see kind of uh as challenges for these kind of companies when they want to 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 phase this out right where they're like okay i have this old software but i don't really know if i need to phase it out completely or i need to build something from scratch or whatever what what do you kind of provide as a company to to deal with that do you also give that strategic kind of point of view or how do you how do you uh, tackle that yeah i guess always the first step is uh, the, and i guess the best advice is to really think it through yeah uh, i see too many companies just uh, somewhere gets decided this system has to end it has to be replaced then they write some briefing send it out into the market and ask companies okay give me a quote on replacing this software without knowing what the software does how it works uh, what are the caveats in it uh, the the, uh, the things that were built upon it uh, how people work with it etc so uh, that's never gonna work yeah. um, so the best thing you can start out is just invite the people who are involved invite some experts and just think for a few weeks what uh, do we want to achieve yeah. Why do we need to uh, remove this system? Uh, why it, doesn't it work for us? Uh, what is the problem with it? Yeah. Without really zooming in on what you want to achieve, you will never get a good product yeah, in yeah. the end. So, so I guess that that's the, again, I can talk about technical and scaling and whatever, but that's just technique. You know? yeah, that's, yeah. that's really, that, that's, that, that is ni 99 out of 100 times that isn't yeah. the problem. Yeah, it's also looking at w what kind of value can I not provide at the yes. moment, right? Where uh, That I do need to kind of keep competitive instead of a market yeah, or so, whatever. So you have to think, you have to think, what do I want as a company? What, how do I... Uh, uh, give better service to my customers or to my consumers or whatever. Think and and then see. Okay, is my current infrastructure enabling me to do that? Yeah. If not, okay, you have to expand it or change it or whatever. But yeah. never from from within. Never and say, okay, uh, yeah, I, I saw this new cool system. I, I guess we should use that also. Yeah, it's, exactly. Yeah, it's it's not about a framework or whatever you, you, no. what you need, that you need to pick. I had a whole uh, post about uh, choosing the right technology stack yeah. as well, where I basically said like, okay, it's all fine and dandy, but whatever you pick, you need to look at. Okay, is it going to provide the value that you yeah. need to have, right? And and who's making that decision? Yeah, yeah. let the, let the developers make the decision on exactly. Techniques. Yeah, so, yeah. So. I've done that as well, where we needed to pick a new front end framework because yeah. we were like, okay, uh, we had Angular, and Angular was like, it's stopping actually Angular one, yeah. but uh, we were like, 
uh, we were starting out with this team and I was like, yeah, okay, but uh, instead of me picking a technology, which wouldn't be the really big informed guess to, no. to do that, uh, you're going to work with it, right? Yeah. Uh, please have a week or two weeks and test out some frameworks that you feel like are the, the best That's ones. Nice. And they were like, Really? You want me to yeah. <laughs> like test out test out a framework for one or but two? But if you weeks? talk about it, it's so logical. Yeah, so it's, it's, so logical. it's so strange that we move to another type of company and uh, yeah. hierarchy. Yeah. So that's that's just strange. Yeah, it, it. it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me that uh, the team that's actually ha- that has to work with it gets uh, gets a, a decision made from above, if you can call it yeah. like that, where they're like, okay, yeah, just use this framework because we think it's the best one. And and it's not like the the people above uh, are are more uh, experienced. No, no, as, for Actually, sure. Actually, it's it's, uh, so it's compl- quite the opposite. <laughs> quite the opposite so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, if I look at my own uh, particular case, uh, I've never been a developer in the sense that I've done development or whatever. I was always kind of a system engineer from the that kind of uh, area uh, so i do know a lot about development it's just not uh, as i said to the team as well you're the developers right you need to make this informed decision if this is a good framework or not yeah. uh, just keep in mind that you need to have some basic requirements right yeah. some basic requirements are like okay is it supported well yeah. Uh, do a lot of people use it? Yeah. I mean, if you're going to do some obscure framework that one person in a attic created, I don't think that's a good idea. But no. but please look at that. Th- that's one of the, the kind of prerequisites. But what you pick, I don't I don't really care. I mean, no. it just need, it just needs to be supported well. Yeah, you're absolutely. not going to use COBOL for building. <laughs> I mean, a very old no, language. I, I or don't whatever. think that will work, but it <laughs> can work. It yeah. depends on uh, what what the experience of the team is. Yeah, course. exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you 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 need to make that informed decision. I think that's a good uh, good uh, good advice for any, yeah. anyone and, that needs to do and, this. And in that in that in that discovery phase, you do together with with experts. So not only your company, but also invite other companies and try to talk to people maybe who who did the same. Just get informed about okay, what's our next step. Exactly. So outside in, what do we need as a company? Not yeah. what can this system or this platform bring us because you won't use it. So the other way around. That's first and and and, and second. Um, don't make it too large. You know, the the biggest problem in software development is complex. Yeah. And if you make the project bigger, it will get more complex. So that's not an opinion. <laughs> it's that's, it's that's true. A fact. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. what you t- when you uh, uh, try to phase out old systems, just do that in phases. Small uh, small. Uh, 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 parts uh, try to separate uh, things. Uh, just don't rebuild it all in once in a two-year yeah, project. That's and not then That you know the the chance of failure are so large. Uh, just don't don't do that. It helps to kind of set up boundaries in a sense where you say, uh, let's take three or six months, something like that. Absolutely. Like, uh, like a period where you say, okay, we need to do it within these six months. Yeah. Why does it help? Is like you're going to have discussions about what you need to eliminate. You will get more creative. Yeah, you, you, you'll be like, okay, do we really need this feature? Yes, absolutely. Right? And I, that's something I talk about with the team a lot. It's like, okay, we're building a scope. We're looking at what we want to have. Uh, and then I'm like, okay, this is fun. And I think that we will probably need that somewhere down the line, but we yeah. don't read it in the first version. I, I always call it the first version. Yeah. It's, it's it's kind of a basic thing. Uh, but it basically is, okay, 
this is what we need. A lot of people say minimal viable product, but that yeah. kind of has a negative connotation in my yes. eyes because a lot of people build it as a prototype. That's yeah. that's not what it's meant to be. And, right? and not not feature rich. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But and you have to solve a problem. Yeah, you know? exactly. Then, and first, first know what the problem is, and yeah. then decide. Okay, what what is the easiest way to solve this problem? Yeah, yeah. So you make it cheaper. You make it less complex. You make it less uh, prone to failure. Yeah. Um, zoom in on, on specific problems yeah but build one process for, uh, for example yeah. or, or one or one front end or whatever there's yeah. so many techniques that you can integrate it uh, to make it seamless for the end user so uh, it's it's easy to do that yeah uh, so i have some uh, i have uh, actually three more questions so uh, i'll uh, i'll go through them a little bit uh, a little bit fast but uh, when you look at the kind of technology and uh, you've seen a lot go coming and going uh, in the past few years yes. uh, where do you what, what do you what do you feel as has the kind of most what what is kind of the most interesting change in technology that you can see coming in the next few years I guess uh, short term, um, I see a lot of happening in the in the containerization. Um, uh, like I, I guess what 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 virtual machines brought to uh, hosting and and cloud and uh, will the same shift will happen with the containerization. Uh, yeah, it will enable um, uh, software to be more flexible and and resilient. So yeah. I guess that will be a huge step in in uh, in software quality. And the way we deliver and uh, software. Yeah. Um, that's short term. Uh, longer term, I see a lot of potential in uh, in 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 what blockchain will bring us. Um, a more decentralized internet. Um, also, I see right now blockchain is used for for uh, crypto. Um, yeah, a lot. For, for, yeah. for, um, but I guess also uh, one of the huge problems we need to solve on the internet is is uh, personal data. Uh, it's so strange that uh, one company in in in, in Silicon Valley uh, owns so much personal data, yeah. and actually that's not your data; it's it's their data. And uh, but that's not only uh, that company. Uh, you know, when you order something online, you have to fill in all your details: yeah. where you live, your phone number, your credit card number, everything. So all these thousands company you order something online have your personal data yeah and uh, i know I, I i know it's interesting from a marketing perspective but from a technical perspective it's actually quite terrible so and it would be way easier to uh to create a system where you own your own personal data and you allow others to use it for sending the product to you uh. and that's it that's the end of it yeah um also from a security perspective it's way easier to do that uh then right now, every webshop needs needs that security in order to safeguard your data, and we all know that's not working at yeah. the moment. So yeah. I see, and I see a connection with with blockchain. But as everyone working in blockchain, it's difficult to uh, to really map that technology on something we will use right now. Uh, but yes, this will change the way internet works in a, f in a few years, absolutely. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, the, the interesting thing, when, when you were talking about the kind of personal data and giving ac access to people, uh, we sometimes already do that. For example, if you say, uh, well, 
we don't do that in that manner which, with, that you described but you 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 have this kind of flow in some cases already where you do that yes, absolutely. So where you say uh sign up with google or something like that yeah you google asks you okay do you want to give this company access to blah 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 blah, blah yeah. th- these kind of yeah. things but, that, within but, your but company. That, that you do that once and yeah. then that the connection keeps uh, and you forget that <laughs> and yes <laughs> yeah. you can you can you can uh, put it off somewhere in the future but uh, you forget that so yeah. that, uh, people True. will use that but that's the basic like the, the OAuth protocol yeah. i guess that's the that's the, the foundation of where we need to go yeah and and um, you know actually we're used to that uh, in in the in the past like when you go to a, a normal shop you go there and Either you have your identification or you just pay there. You don't have to fill in all your personal details in order to buy a product there. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. I think that the, I think it should should change because there's a lot of things like yeah. Why why are we doing things that we're doing? Why are we, why do we have a login for every kind of yes. website on the internet? So you, you see like a lot of in- initiatives right now on that yeah. matter, trying to repair the internet as they call it. Like, yeah. Uh, Tim Berners-Lee is also working on an initiative right now. So that's very interesting because we really need to change that in order to make more use of the internet. Uh, it will grow and grow also with all sensor, sensory data, uh, healthcare, uh, everything that, that really will, um, uh, the internet will, will, will grow way more than we, we can think of right now. Yeah. And, but we need to change the, the current infrastructure. Yeah. infrastructure. Yeah. The infrastructure doesn't support that. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, so I have two more questions uh, about Arise to get get back to to the company. Uh, where do you kind of see it moving in the future? Because you've had these kind of interesting changes. Yep. Uh, where do you see it going uh, uh, later, maybe in a few years? Yeah, I, I guess we're. Um, I guess we will grow uh, quite fast because right now uh, we have sixty people thinking about the future of the company. And not only a few, so that will help dr- uh, dramatically. Uh, on the other hand, I see uh, right now, we're, like I said, we are our self-serving collective of, of autonomous teams. So I see a grow in that uh, volume of teams. So there's no reason why we can't expand teams on our location or somewhere else in the world. Yeah, this, I guess, the the methodology we are using right now is is very scalable and not dependent on one department or one person, person or whatever <laughs> yeah, so yeah. um I, i'm really looking forward into that next period uh, where and i hope uh, we we can set a new company standard uh, a different type of company a different type of organization um, i would really love to to see uh, somewhere in the next 10 years uh, people saying okay well this is a new type of organization uh, uh, distributed power, distributed ownership, and Enrise was one of the first companies that did that. So yeah. that that will be a dream for me. Yeah. That would be really cool. Yeah. So uh, th- that also ties it a little bit to my la- last question as well. Uh, I asked that at the end as well uh, every every podcast. Uh, so what are you most proud of since you started this whole uh, this whole venture? Uh, Wow, um, <laughs> that's the hardest one. <laughs> yeah, so actually, yeah, you see, you see every day, you see things happening that that I'm proud of. But I guess this year um, we moved to a new company, uh, to a new office, yeah. um, and that was not a management decision. That was something that was handled completely uh, to the teams. So 
they created a task force. They were looking at new buildings. They make proposals for the rest of the company. They decided on budget. They decided on how things would look. And uh, um, uh, they started out in May. And in August, I was coming back from holiday and I just was entering my new office. <laughs> and that was an amazing experience. So, yeah. and really powerful of what, what, what they did and what they achieved without, yeah. without a management structure. So, well, what you, what you can do with a group, right? That's absolutely uh, that's so, so interesting. Yeah. So, that's, I'm really proud of what, what, we, what we achieved so far and how they did it. Um, it's uh, nothing more but compliments for that. Very cool. Uh, how can pi- people find the Enrise on the internet? Enrise.com. <laughs> very easy. <laughs> yes, very easy. Thanks a lot, uh, Herman. It was uh, great talking to you. Uh, and of course, for the people uh, listening, you can find the Bits vs. Byte podcast on bitsvsbytes.com. Uh, also on uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, LinkedIn. It's all uh, Bits vs. Bytes. And uh, we have a newsletter. If you want to uh, get it, uh, you can find it at Bits vs. Byte. Uh, bitsvsbytes.com slash newsletter uh, you'll get uh, every two weeks on Friday uh, five things about technology uh, business and leadership and I would like to thank you for listening and until next time